Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bold, Beautiful Borderline podcast. It's Sarah, and today I have a very last-minute um, episode to celebrate International Women's Day. I kind of just put out, like earlier today, a post online saying, is anyone interested in coming to um, talk about like being a woman with borderline? And so today we have Carly here with us, and I'm super excited because, Carly, have you ever been to Superfeelers? I did once, and then my ADHD got the best of me, of course, like many. Yes, love it. I was going to say, I think you look familiar, but you're not like a regular. So this feels like the first time we're really meeting to me. Um, So Carly, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where do you live? Just like a little bit about your story, if you'd like. Um, Well, my name is Carly. Um, where I live is kind of just the most fun part about me, I would say. I grew up in Michigan in Metro Detroit and lived there until I was 28, just turned 28, and then moved up to Alaska by myself in my mid-sized SUV, um, packed up everything, and moved up to Alaska, originally Seattle, and too much traffic, and I kept having to, like, struggle to find parking, so I couldn't do it. Like, respect everyone that lives there. Bless you. Way better parking options in Alaska. Um, But then moved to Pennsylvania. So I've been in Pennsylvania, um, South Central Pennsylvania, by the border of Maryland and West Virginia um, since July. So I have lived in both major mountain ranges. That's pretty cool. And near the internal oceans. Yeah, Yeah. wow. That is very cool. I did not know you've done the nomad thing. Yes. um, I tried to do the nomad thing a little bit harder. And then I realized like going through Airbnb would be really expensive. Um, So originally I had had planned, since I work from home, um, I, I work for a a health insurance company. Um, and I am a data analyst. I previously was a a health educator care coordinator, um, for high risk Medicaid members. Um, and I got out of a really horrible relationship and, uh, that is definitely part of my story. Um, and kind of had a moment where I was like, I have lived 30 minutes from my mom my entire life just trying to take care of her and my sister who is 37 and still lives with her um so I tried not to be that and I didn't want that to be my future and so after the end of a horrible relationship uh it was either find a place in metro Detroit or go somewhere else and so originally I wanted to Airbnb hop around the country and I was like heck yeah this is the only time I can live anywhere I want to if no one like no one's not tied to anyone and my mom like she's chilling she's fine she has she has a second daughter um the first place I thought of was Alaska um because I went on the Airbnb site and I hit explore um, and the first thing that popped up was Ketchikan, Alaska. And I was like, who do I know in Alaska? And then this dude that I met at a Model UN conference moved to Alaska to be in the Army um, like six years previous to this. So 
I reached out to him and found out that he, like, just ended this marriage. And I used to like this guy. I'm sorry to tell you this whole whirlwind of a romance story that has turned into a freaking podcast now. So No, don't be sorry. I love it. Love it. Eating it up. I love it. Uh, Gosh. uh, Yeah, so fell in love with this guy when I was like, I'm going to be single. I'm going to live around the live around the country and do whatever I want to. And like feminism, yada, yada, yada. Um, ended up leaving a divorced, disabled Marine vet who lied about half his service and half of his relationship issues. He was a narcissist. So of course, uh, went for a divorced army officer. Um, so yeah, big, a lot of, a lot of, anti-feminist notes there uh I was really disappointed in myself I was like wow that was a great opportunity and now I'm gonna fall in love with you I fell in love with his dogs I finally got my dog back from the crazy ex that was the that was the situation I have to say I don't think that's anti-feminist right like first of all like what is what is feminism right it's like equality amongst the sexes and genders and second of all like what is inherently wrong about letting yourself love again? Even though you had said this was going to be your single period and you were going to explore and all of these things, like maybe there was some exploring emotionally that needed to happen. Yeah. Um, So I guess like I have prided myself on not needing anyone for a very long time since I like the earliest memory I have was just like, trying to run away from home and then like not being allowed to cross the street. And I was just like, Oh no, my first moral dilemma. Um, so that was great. Um, can we just go back to that though? Like I regret to inform you that like we need people. Oh no, we definitely do. And I think I grew up under the mentality that everyone else needed me and I wasn't allowed to need anyone else. And so like, even my, my ex was, continuously coming over to our old place in the process of me moving out. We filled a month on our lease and he was like, can I help you move? Can I help you pack? Can I help you do anything? And I was just like, no, no, I refused. I wouldn't let him like, he does not get the satisfaction of like leaving me. And he only left me because I reached out to his ex-wife and asked if it was just me. Like, am I the only one experiencing X, Y, Z litany of abuses? that he's denying even happened. So then like shifting the blame on me. So it, it really like made me question a lot of like the stereotypical female, like you're overreacting or you're over emotional. And I was like, maybe I am just over emotional. And it made me really doubt myself. And I've always had such bad self doubt from like needing anything. Like I grew up in a family that's like very like Lutheran conservative, which is interesting. Like my family is very liberal. The rest of my family is conservative, but we were like a, I grew up in a matriarchy that wouldn't admit to needing anything from anyone, but at the same time, expecting that everyone catered to them. And so like, I grew up with a mom that was like, she, she made all the rules, but I could see through a lot of her logic and it, she would always be like, well, I'm the parent. I'm right. 
and you're wrong. So you have to listen to me. And so it made me like really question anything that I thought all the time. And so I found a lot of like solace and value in like my relationship with men. And so for me to go from one man and just be like, fuck you, I don't need you. The fact that I like was displaying my, my relationships so like uncensored on social media, like we got dogs together, we moved into a place together. And then like people were like obsessed with us because we were cute. I was sharing it off and I was like showing everyone like all the positives and like I, it was really bad and I didn't realize that it was abuse until like the end. And so the fact that I just, I felt like I gave up and I was like, no, I do need a man. Like I'm only going to be whole if I have somebody. And so like, I had this nagging feeling like because our situation almost felt like it was like meant to be like it was kismet or whatever the word is. Um, Like I felt like, I just kind of, I didn't know any better, so I had to go along with it because, like, the universe was speaking for me. But at the same time, I was like, I want to be able to do my own thing at the same time. And so that's, like, the current balance that I have in my, now with my fiancé, long story long, um, the significant other that I moved up to Alaska with, I actually proposed to him um, when we like went full circle, we were leaving Pennsylvania to go visit my mom's house for the first time in Michigan. And I proposed to him over speakerphone. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I know I was just like, oh, it's my feminist. And then I was just like, fuck the patriarchy. I don't need your validation. I'll propose to you. So it's just like, it's a whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very human to me. And I, this is the first time I've ever let myself be human. Like within the last year, I like when, when I moved up there, I started like unlearning a lot of like the generational trauma things. Like there, there was this big kayak trip that my family does every year that I like, I watched like from my Nana to my mom, to her siblings, to then my cousins and like seeing all the different pathways of like the messed upness that like my grandma created when her when her mother was absolutely perfect to her but my nana was left with four kids when she was like 25 or 26 and my grandpa my bio grandpa uh, moved across to california to be with another woman and so like that kind of spiraled the whole thing and my mom like is the oldest i'm trying to hold it all together so i like learned a lot of her mentality with things. So I would just like, I had that pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality and like just buckle down and took care of myself. So the fact that I even admitted to myself that I have a borderline diagnosis was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And like admitting to any kind of faults or flaws has just been like the biggest, longest process. And I'm really proud of myself for it, for it, but like, I am still in the unlearning phase. I'm like in a cocoon right now, um, like kind of just isolating myself from everything. So I don't know if that is a normal thing that people do, but I am trying my hardest to be as human as possible with so much uncertainty and it's, it's fun. Everything's an adventure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Everything is an adventure. And, um, I just want to validate that. I think it is normal and appropriate and okay at times to like cocoon yourself and look to when it feels safe to come back out. Right. I am very much cocooned in, um, a really beautiful place in my life. That's like super full of love right now. And I, just want to protect it and keep it safe. And I don't need to talk to anybody about it, what it is, where it's going, why it's going that way. Um, And when I'm ready to share, I will. You get to do the same thing. Nobody gets to define what this looks like for you. Yeah. I know. I know the whole thing is about women's day. Um, And it's been really difficult almost to live in a culture that like puts people up on a pedestal that have perfect lives who are handling their mental health. Well, we're open and honest about therapy too, but like the things that people exude who are like still talking about, like I'm doing therapy and like, they just pretend like it's making everything better. And that I'm still struggling and it makes me feel like crap because I'm just like, why is it so hard? And like my current relationship is so wonderful and he's so patient, but we grew up in such different households. Um, His mom rules everything, but she has like a mental, an undiagnosed mental health condition that like he grew up Mormon. um, So they're his dad is also a doctor in the army and is just learning about ADHD. Um, So it's very interesting because he just, he just got diagnosed with ADHD um, as well. And he, for the longest time, he didn't think that anyone like him could possibly have it. And then he met me who has ADHD and he's like, Oh, you have a real job. What? Like you're a real adult. You have ADHD. And then now he's on medication for it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, good. Maybe I should send you this article about blah, 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 or this podcast about blah, blah, blah. You guys are next. He's he's getting this. Um, he, he watched me have a borderline, like, emotional breakdown in his office uh, when I was concerned about some mental health, not mental health, some physical condition that was going on. I, I have... Um, called mast cell disease um it's or it's also known as a histamine intolerance but i have a more severe version so like my body reacts to like so many stupid things that like don't even make sense caused me to have pcos which is another like great fun thing with borderline like i have it's great i feel like i've survived against all odds and i'm pretty impressed with myself but also like i just catch a break yeah Well, I hope the break is coming. I have to say, I really resonate with that. Like, it's really hard when you feel like your life is falling apart to watch other people be happy. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast or have listened once, then, you know, I got divorced right two years ago and I literally couldn't go to Lori's wedding and I literally couldn't go to Lori's bachelorette party. Like I couldn't watch her have the joy that I felt was like taken from me. Right. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't happy for her and couldn't celebrate her, but it meant that I couldn't see it. And it's okay that we name that we are 
angry or grieving or jealous, or we feel like everybody else is perfect and beautiful and we're not like, those are the more that I talked about it. And the, the, the more that I removed isolation from my life specifically around those things, the more I realized like Lori's life isn't perfect, right? Lori's marriage isn't perfect. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I fucking hope it lasts longer than mine. It probably absolutely will. But like when I started talking more about the ugly parts of my life, I realized not everybody was on a pedestal around me and I was the only one, you know, swimming with sharks. That's not really how it was. So I just have to say, like, I really resonate a lot with that. I do have a couple of questions for you, which are like, you know, what does it mean to you to be a woman? And specifically, what does it mean to you to be a woman with a borderline diagnosis? Can I respond to the, the wedding thing really quick, though? Absolutely. Now I'm the one getting married. And I don't feel like I deserve attention. And it is like, insane. Like my mom is reaching out to me and it's like, can I, can I like book a shower for you? And I'm like, I don't deserve one. No one's going to come. Like no one likes me. And like, that's my borderline talking, but like, she doesn't get that. And like, she'll text me when I'm in a bad mood asking about like planning. And I'm like, I don't deserve people flying out from Utah, flying out from Alaska, flying out from Arizona, driving from Michigan. Like we have a hundred, like 120 people coming to see me and I don't think I deserve it. And that is like, and I try to tell my mom that she just found out about my borderline diagnosis a few months ago. And then she was like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. I'm just like, you should look up how it comes to be mom. How does it, how does it form? She's probably not ready for that. Right. And like, that's okay. Everybody does it on their own time, but you know, the one one piece of wisdom that I will pass on um, from having been divorced is don't work towards believing that you're worthy of having a beautiful shower. Don't work towards believing that you're worthy of having people come to your wedding from out of state. Ultimately, those things don't matter. Work towards believing that you're worthy of having a loving, supportive marriage that's going to last. Uh I will work on that because as someone who had a fucking picture, perfect wedding and a picture, perfect love story and a picture, perfect house that did not last. It was none of those things made a difference in my marriage. Well, I guess it's a good thing that our relationship is an open shit show. So I think there's hope. There, there's 1000% hope, but I just, I, I want everybody listening who's in the, the stage of their life where they romanticize weddings, right? Have the wedding you want, have a shower, don't have a shower, wear black, wear white. I don't fucking care. None of that matters. I hope it's beautiful. I hope you get the pictures you want, right? I get the fairy tale that we were taught to believe, but ultimately like, I hope your marriage is a fairy tale, not your wedding. Oh, for sure. People are giving me like congratulations for getting engaged. I'm just like, give me congratulations in 20 years when we go through like a whole Iditarod dog sled team in Alaska. So just hold on. So being a woman or being a woman with borderline, being a woman is really interesting for somebody that 
doesn't fit in with women or feel like they didn't have a space with women because they didn't. I had a really hard time picking up on people's emotions and picking up on the nuances of like friendships with girls. Um, so like I did a lot of sports and I had a whole tomboy phase growing up. Like, Oh man, when the movie Johnny Tsunami came out, I was like, sign me up. I'm going to start snowboarding. Like, Oh, fucking uh, good. Oh man. Bring. Heck yeah. Give me a skateboard. I literally got a skateboard, a scooter, a did you say motocross? Yes. So basically, I had a whole phase where I was like, I'm going to be a tomboy. Okay, that's what inspired it. That's what made me feel okay. Okay, great. So, like, I made my mom get me boxers. I got my, I, like, cut my hair all off. Like, I was like, I'm going to be a cool tomboy. I'm going to be friends with the guys. I'm going to play soccer. And, like, I'm sure my mom was just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. What is happening here? Um, Like, I am, I am a straight female, like, she, her, hers. Um, it was a phase that ended when a waitress was just like, and what can I get you to order young man or something? And I was just like, Oh no, Oh no. I'm having an identity crisis. I'm a girl. So I kind of like did a whole 180. And like, now that I think about it, like the motocross movie, I was just like, yeah, that's totally, that. that's how I felt. Um, and then I tried to join a sorority my junior year of college. So I like literally for the sole purpose of, can I have women stand up at my wedding? Because all my friends were guys. I did competitive winter, winter drum line. I did CrossFit. Um, so I did like a lot of male dominated things and all my friends were, were guys and I only felt comfortable talking to them. And every woman I really had in my life kind of just like backstabbed me. Um, and I'm realizing as an adult, how important it is to have female friends. And I thankfully been able to develop some through my job. So another case manager. Um, so like caring careers and then another female through, um, through CrossFit, I became really good friends with, but like, it was really difficult growing up as a female in like when you didn't fit in at least. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that people don't realize about ADHD is that we are like we fundamentally struggle to pick up on social cues, which immediately others us and to be othered as a young girl is devastating. I know for me, I was very othered as a young girl, like did not, did not fit in, got made fun of a lot, got left out a lot. And that really like pushed me towards, yeah, being friends with the guys. And I also was an athlete and those things but it really pushed me towards like hypersexualizing myself in my teen and early adult years in order to try to have close relationships with men because I felt like I was, I mean, probably looking back, I felt like I was lacking close relationships with women. Um, and I still really struggle to figure out how to have healthy relationships with women also borderline ADHD. Right. I mean, it's a recipe for a fucking shit show socially, feel so seen in your story. I just want to make sure that I say that to you. I know. And I feel, I feel, I feel very seen in your response too, because like that ended up being me. Like I realized like, so I grew up very overweight and then I had an emo phase. Um, my dad passed away when I was a sophomore in high school, like uh, actually the week after my freshman year of high school 
I got bullied really bad. Um, and then I started developing an eating disorder and lost a lot of weight and became the cool girl. I really focused on being the cool girl who didn't have any emotions, who was like down for whatever. I started going to um, frat parties at the University of Michigan. I started hanging out with band guys. I worked at Warp Tour. Um, and then I started dating college football players and then pro hockey players. And like I had a full spectrum. And I was like, damn, if I'm dating guys like that, that means I'm fucking cool. Um, and it never lasted. Um, but I had a whole hoe phase where I was just like, if I sleep with you, then that means you love me. And that means I'm validated. And that means I'm worthy. And I'm so thankful that that ended. Uh, I worked just as a summer uh, church camp counselor, which kind of like cleaned my life up real quick. Um, dated a guy that was like super Lutheran. We didn't have sex at all. And I was like, what is this? This is wow, somebody values me. And it really kind of like changed everything. And then, of course, Bumble happened, (laughs) then Tinder happened. And so like, I was at least more like respectful of myself with the partners that I was choosing. When before, like my freshman year of college was just like, a, I am a tool, use me, give me attention, give me love. And then like, when those relationships would end, it would be like the end of the world for me. And I never even, like I got diagnosed with borderline and ADHD as like a late 20 something adult. So I didn't know that I had any of that going on. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so emotional about this? Why can other people break up from like a two year relationship? And I went out with two dates with this guy and I can't get out of bed. Um, Yeah. So totally seen, totally have that. And then I was forcing myself to be like sexual too. Cause I didn't have much of a sex drive. I was so stressed and so overwhelmed and so self-conscious. And it was like the most frustrating time possible. Being a woman with borderline sometimes is like the most empowering thing in the world. Cause I'm just like, wow, I learned all of these things that have worked for me to cope and I've made it this far and I'm so proud of myself and look at what I survived. And then there's other things that I'm just like, I feel like I'm perpetuating like a stigma that women are emotional and that we just overreact about everything. I'm just like, okay. So it's either like I'm a woman and I'm hormonal and I'm emotional or I'm borderline and I am emotional. Like there is a happy medium somewhere. You just have to catch it at the right time. Okay, guys, do you know what is so weird? In two plus years of this podcast, I have never had an audio recording not save all the way. Not sure what that's about. Um, So we're going to close Carly's story there as a to be continued because um, Carly is absolutely going to come back onto the podcast and share her full borderline story with us. But I'm just so grateful that she was willing to share what it means for her to be a woman on International Women's Day. 
Um, I was always planning to do this, but since the audio cut out on me, I want to leave us with a sort of long, but hang in there because it's worth it. Beautiful quote um, from Dr. Shafali that talks about the awakened woman. So it's called the time of the awakened woman. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she discards her old ways like tossed shoes in the garbage when she shreds her list of shoulds and obligations, and when impossible expectations are burned in an incinerator. There comes a time in a life of a woman when the approval of others once jewels now turn to pennies in her sock, when the hunt for another is now replaced by a hunt for herself, and when parental tentacles of tradition no longer define her truth. There comes a time in the life of a woman when her desire to fit in with the crowd dissolves, when her manic compulsion to be perfect vaporizes, and when her obsession to be voted popular eviscerates. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she no longer fears conflict but faces it boldly like a lioness, when she guards her authenticity as fearlessly as she guards her babies and when she drops the role of savior, knowing she can only save herself. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she no longer cowers in the shadows of her unworthiness, when she no longer plays small so that others can play big, and when she swaps the role of victim for the role of co-creator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she unabashedly and boldly occupies her ultimate sovereignty, and when she finally feels free to claim her space in the world, and when she redefines compassion as unequivocal self-love. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she finally releases her childlike dependence on others, when she dares to rewrite a new mandate of living for herself, one that says, I release unworthiness and fear. I divorce servility and passivity. I divest inauthenticity and enmeshment. I end the pretense of being someone I am not. And from now on, I declare, I will ascend into my highest power. I will embrace my greatest autonomy. I will celebrate my deepest worth. I will embody my fiercest courage and manifest the most authentic me. The time is now. I am ready to awaken into my renaissance. The first time I heard this quote, I had like literal shivers and I'm feeling them again now. And we should be celebrating everybody all of the time. We don't need days like International Women's Day to celebrate what being a woman is. But I'd argue we probably don't spend enough time celebrating it. So if you needed a reminder, like I do sometimes, may this quote from Dr. Shafali be that for you. And again, thank you so much, Kayla, for being willing to share your last minute story with us. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold, Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about Borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. 
If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.